fellow travelers, and welcome to Adventures in Security, episode 37 for August 19th, 2006. I'm your host, Tom Olszak. You can find the information covered in our episodes at adventuresinsecurity.com on the podcast page. If you're interested in commenting on what you hear or about topics you'd like us to talk about, please send email to podcasts at adventuresinsecurity.com. This is the eighth in a series in which we look at web application security. I'm using the OWASP top 10 list as the basis for the series. We'll look at the challenges facing organizations that are increasing their use of web technologies, the top 10 vulnerabilities typically found in those organizations, and ways to manage the resulting risk. If you missed the first seven episodes, be sure to visit adventuresandsecurity.com to catch up. This week's episode covers the final two of the top 10 vulnerabilities, application denial of service, and insecure configuration management. Those of you who have been uh, with me for a while may have noticed that um, the intro has changed a little bit. Our episode uh, notes are now going to be at adventuresandsecurity.com. This week I've changed the podcast page format so it's easy to pair the notes with the actual podcast file. And... um, I encourage you to go up. There are links in the in the uh, show notes to other sources that will give you a little bit more detailed information about some of the things we talk about. And also, uh, if there's any terms that are used that you don't quite, uh, haven't been exposed to in the past, then there are also links uh, to most of those terms in the show notes. And there's going to be one other small change. I'm starting another book project, so uh, podcasts may not be out every week. I will get them out as often as I can, but um, hang in there, and if you go up to my uh, webpage, again, it's adventuresandsecurity.com, you'll find an RSS feed, and every time a podcast is released or something new is posted to the page, uh, I add it to that RSS feed. So that's a good way to keep track of, of when the podcasts are released. Okay, that's it for announcements for this episode, so let's get on with our first topic, which is application denial of service. The intent of an application denial of service attack is to block legitimate users, including employees and customers, from using the target application. These attacks can succeed by using all of a system's available resources, including database connections, disk storage, CPU, memory, threads, and authentication pathways. This is accomplished by exploiting a known vulnerability, nor by abusing normal system functionality. As network security effectiveness continues to improve, it's a reasonable assumption that criminals will turn to application weaknesses as their next denial-of-service targets. But not only is little attention paid to this problem in most web app environments, but application denial-of-service attacks are much easier to successfully implement than those launched against network targets. In a network DOS, a large number of of connection attempts are often required. Only a single connection is usually required to deny the use of a vulnerable business-critical application. According to the Web Application Security Consortium, or WASC, there are four types of application DOS attacks. Those that target transactions, specific users, database servers, or the web server. A transaction attack is characterized by the initiation of a large number of requests for the execution of an application transaction, 
For example, if an attacker is able to cause an AR application to attempt to initiate 20 requests for a monthly AR report, interactive sessions, as well as other batch processes, might slow to a crawl. Attacks targeting a specific user typically consist of activities such as repeatedly disabling a user's login account. In systems where accounts are disabled after a certain number of failed login attempts, this is relatively easy. Database servers are common targets for perpetrators of DOS attacks. The most common database attack vector is the use of SQL injection. I covered SQL injection attacks in detail in Episode 35. Finally, web server-specific attacks target the fundamental functionality of the underlying application web services. This type of attack often results in a system crash. No matter the type of attack, the objectives are the same. Deny resources to authorized users. Weaknesses in web applications caused by assumptions made by software designers enable DOS. For example, an assumption might be made that no one user would open multiple sessions, so no controls are put in place to limit the number of session IDs or session resources that a system can allocate to a single authenticated or unauthenticated user. An attacker who exploits this weakness simply has to continue to initiate sessions until all resources are depleted. The risks to business operations resulting from an application DOS attack are the same as those from other types of attacks in which business functions are interrupted. Revenues may be impacted while orders sit unprocessed or unshipped. Customer confidence might be shaken enough to cause key revenue sources to go to another supplier, one they believe won't cause a potential interruption in their ability to service customers. Finally, investor confidence in management's ability to ensure operational continuity can result in a shift in investment capital and a reduction in working capital for the company. There are several steps an organization can take to mitigate the risks associated with application DOS attacks. First, unauthenticated users should not be allowed to perform operations that require a large amount of resources. Second, limit the resources that are allocated to a specific user. Third, consider dropping multiple login requests for a specific user. Fourth, consider not locking out accounts due to failed login attempts. Fifth, be sure to validate input from all sources. This is covered in more detail in Episode 31. Sixth, Consider not allocating system resources until after user authentication is successful. And seventh, keep your application environment patches up to date. That completes the topic on application denial of service. We're now going to move on to insecure configuration management. Maintaining a secure, stable environment in which to run web applications is an important part of web application assurance. In addition to the servers on which the applications run, other supporting services provided by the underlying infrastructure include data storage, directory services, mail, and messaging. Typically, configuration of servers and network services is handled by a network engineering team, while web applications are the responsibility of the development team. This can be an efficient arrangement, assuming both teams work together to ensure application assurance. No security gap can exist between network and application designs. If a gap does exist, no amount of application security or network security will be enough to protect your critical information resources. 
Working together to assess all potential configuration issues that might arise during design, testing, implementation, and operation activities, network engineering and web development teams can avoid the common oversights listed below. Unpatched security flaws in the server software. Server software flaws or misconfigurations that permit directory listing and directory traversal attacks. Unnecessary default, backup, or sample files, including scripts, applications, configuration files, and web pages. Improper file and directory permissions. Unnecessary services enabled, including content management and remote administration. Default accounts with their default passwords. Administrative or debugging functions that are enabled or accessible. Overly informative error messages. This topic was covered in more detail in episode 36. Misconfigured SSL certificates and encryption settings. Use of self-signed certificates to achieve authentication and man-in-the-middle protection. Use of default certificates and improper authentication with external systems. System configuration is an essential layer in any organization's defense in-depth strategy. The only way to ensure secure configuration through every application's lifecycle is to implement a company-wide configuration management program. Building a configuration management program consists of the following steps. First, assign responsibility for managing and overseeing configuration management activities to a team or individual. Second, create secure system configuration standards and guidelines. And third, create and maintain an ongoing configuration management process. Let's look at each of these steps in more detail. First, assigning a responsible team or individual. Without assigning responsibility for creating and maintaining strong configuration management processes, your systems will most likely remain vulnerable to attack. Network engineers and software developers are usually very busy. Worrying about patches, unneeded services, and weak default passwords tend to fall low on the list of priorities. So who should be held accountable for proper device configuration? In larger organizations, this responsibility often lies in information security. Information security defines policies, standards, guidelines, and security baselines for enterprise systems, which are then used by engineering and development teams to design and implement business solutions. Information security provides oversight by periodically testing installed systems for compliance. In organizations without a dedicated information security team, I recommend assigning these tasks to the person or team responsible for managing the network. This separates vulnerability management from the person or team focused on implementing the organization's technology and puts it into the hands of those individuals who perform day-to-day operational tasks. Day-to-day activities should be expanded to include not only definition of standards and guidelines, but also oversight activities to ensure compliance. Regardless of who is responsible, All members of your technical staff must work together to identify and remediate system weaknesses. The second step is the creation of secure standards and guidelines. Probably the most important task in configuration management is the creation of a security baseline configuration. This baseline configuration should be generic enough to allow its deployment on all workstations and servers, regardless of their use. In many organizations, multiple baselines may be necessary. Workstations, application servers, and security servers may all require different baseline configs. Applying the baseline to a workstation or server should accomplish the following. First, all services not required for general operation of the device are disabled. Second, 
All default accounts are disabled or controlled, and strong passwords are applied. Third, logging and alerting is enabled for failed logins, successful logins, and changes to security. And fourth, all critical security patches are applied. Once the baseline configurations are created and tested, special purpose configurations should be created to enable secure operation of specific types of systems. These systems include, but are not limited to, email, database, and web servers. The application of a type-specific configuration should result in necessary services that might have been disabled with the baseline config turned back on. Critical security patches applied to the applications running on the system and all default application accounts using controlled strong passwords. Upon completion of successful testing of the type-specific configurations, you're ready to deploy securely configured systems into your environment. Deployment consists of six steps. 1. Build a server or workstation using standard system build docs. 2. Apply your secure baseline configuration. 3. Confirm proper configuration and operation of the system. 4. Apply your type-specific config if necessary. 5. Confirm proper configuration and operation of the system. And 6. Move the system to production. The third step is to create and maintain an ongoing configuration management process. It isn't enough to simply apply secure configurations and assume your network devices will remain secure. Configuration management is, is a continuous process that includes the creation and maintenance of a system inventory. It's impossible to develop an ongoing configuration management program unless you know, at a minimum, the operating systems and applications with associated patch levels that are running on your network. It also requires monitoring for the latest announced vulnerabilities related to the items in your inventory. The National Vulnerability Database, located at nvd.nist.gov, and vendor sites are good sources for this information. A third requirement is the prioritization of vulnerability remediation tasks. Not all vulnerabilities for which patches exist should be immediately patched. Managing the application of patches is a risk-based activity. The fourth requirement is the testing of all configuration changes. Change management is a critical process in any configuration management program. Failure to properly test a change and to assess the risks associated with that change might result in the same or greater negative business impact you would experience due to an attack. Fifth requirement, update baseline configurations, standards, and guidelines. Threats and vulnerabilities change over time. It's important to maintain a set of system configs and processes that work to defend against the changing nature of system risks. And the sixth and final requirement is the continuous scanning for vulnerabilities. There's always some drift from the optimum computing environment as defined in your security program. Vulnerability scanning for both internal systems and of your perimeter can help identify deviations from written policy. This prevents a false sense of security based on incorrect assumptions about the level of hardware and software compliance with security standards and guidelines. It also provides a means to determine how vulnerable your systems are to newly announced vulnerabilities. But configuration management is not without its challenges. It's, it isn't easy to convince company management 
to commit resources to configuration management activities. Let's face it, there's no immediate positive impact on your company's bottom line. Other obstacles to effective configuration management include the lack of standard system configurations for workstations and servers, and poor software quality or poor vendor response when vulnerabilities are discovered. The greater the number of differences among your systems, the lower the probability that you'll be able to cost-effectively manage system configs. Testing for every possible combination of workstation and server image present on your network might require a resource commitment large enough to convince management to simply accept a large number of vulnerabilities. When purchasing new solutions for your business, research the overall quality of each component. Include in your research the level of customer satisfaction with the component vendor's response to discovered security problems in their products. What is the average time between vulnerability discovery and patch release. The proper application of risk management principles can help justify the additional effort required to select the right solutions and to manage inherent vulnerabilities over time. Well, this wraps up our look at the OWASP Top 10. As I mentioned in the first episode of this series, this list is in no particular order. The risk to your business from one or more of these vulnerabilities depends on how well you've paid attention to web application development best practices and how well your underlying network infrastructure is designed and configured. Well, that's it for this week. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be converting the series on the OWASP Top 10 to a flash training presentation, which will be available at adventuresandsecurity.com. If you're an RSS subscriber for my page, uh, that'll pop up uh, as soon as I post it. And until next time, be careful what you click. Mm-hmm.